0: for the absolute perfect gift even for those grandsons of mine. For some it's a it's a joyful time of the year. For others it's it's incredibly stressful or it's heartbreaking. We're worn out by the time Christmas day actually arrives from all the holiday activity and the weight of ours and others expectations for the season. But for us this morning and for the last several mornings, we're blessed to have this time, There's these moments together in this sacred space where we can, we can cease the frenetic activity for a brief time and we can just breathe and sit back and allow ourselves to enter into the silence and the mystery of this Advent time. So the word Advent literally means arrival, arrival. A time of waiting, a time of expectation, and a time of hope. Advent is also a promise. It's a promise that even in the bleakest, the darkest nights, the sun will rise and a new day will arrive. Advent is when we light candles to illuminate the darkness, waiting in trust and belief that a greater light than these candles will come into our lives. And we wait for that light. We wait for God to renew and heal the world. It's a promise. It's a promise to us that's embodied in the birth of a baby born in a manger, in an obscure backwater town, in an occupied land, in a world torn by strife, hatred, division, and poverty. So in today's gospel, we hear that there is a man sent from God, whose name is John. He's a noisy man. He calls out to all who will listen. He's a witness sent by God about a light that's come into this world, and he will not shut up about it. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The language in this gospel is curious, as it almost sounds like it's a trial. This is the testimony given by John. The priests and the Levites came in all their official capacity. The protectors of the establishment, the keepers Of who has the authority, the authority to determine who is in and who is out, to find out exactly what John was up to and who he was. But John would only say who he was not. He's not the Messiah, he's not Elijah, and he's not a Moses like prophet. The priests and the Levites demand an answer Who are you? Let us have an answer. What do you have to say for yourself? And I wonder if the priests and the Levites weren't just a little bit sorry that they came and questioned John. Because we all know from TV shows that you should never, ever ask a witness a question you don't already know the answer to. John testifies that someone is coming who they don't know. He tells them that he baptizes with the water, but somebody greater is coming, someone greater than them. Did that send a a little shiver of fear through the priests and the Levites, realizing that their authority was going to be challenged? Or did they just assume that John was harmless and go on home? whatever his interrogators thought of him. John had planted seeds of hope, and hope does not go away. He came as a witness to testify of the light, a light that shines in the darkness, and darkness can never, ever overcome it. John came to testify to the light, a light that came into being, with a baby born in obscurity over 2,000 years ago. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God's presence. What came into being was life, and the life was light to all people. In John, we hear of the power of light this way, the light that shines in the darkness of this world, a light that darkness can never extinguish. John recognizes That there are times and places where darkness does prevail. And we know this too, don't we? Sometimes in our own lives, with the death of a loved one or a loss of a job, worries about bills that are due, worries about our health or a loved one's health. And we see the darkness played out on our nightly news, in the stories of war and famine natural disasters like the fires in California, shootings and murder. And this week was the fifth anniversary of the mass shooting in Newtown of 26 five- and six-year-olds and their teachers who died protecting them. We know absolutely that there is darkness. The good news is that God's light not only comes into the darkness of our lives and into this world, but that light endures. The darkest forces in this world are not as powerful as they appear. God's light cannot be overcome. One writer reminds us that this gospel was written after the fall of the temple in Jerusalem. And the question that drives it, without the temple, where does God reside? And the answer is that God dwells in the presence of Christ. That God moved into our neighborhood, into our communities, and into our world. A light to all people, to you and to me, to everyone, everywhere. And perhaps that's the message this Advent for us. That as a community, we find ways to take the light and venture out. Out those great doors and down the street with the children and families from Garfield Elementary School, seeing Christ and serving Christ in friends and in strangers, sharing a meal with those without a home, worshiping and praying together, witnesses to the light of Christ breaking into the darkness, and to God's all-inclusive love. In John's words, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And that love is what calls us to be the voices crying in the wilderness of the world that at times seems to have lost its way, crossing the lines that separate us and finding ways to reassert compassion, repudiate hatred and divisions, and reclaim the gospel imperative to love one another as we are so loved. That is what Advent is all about, making the road straight, bringing the light of Christ into the dark places of our lives and in this world. We are called, like John, to be witnesses to the light, to testify to the birth of a child, that will shake up the world forever. A child who changes all the rules, who has changed all the rules of who is in and who is out. A child who will bring good news to the oppressed and bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, release the prisoners, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Advent is a time of waiting and preparation. But we are waiting for something that is so audacious and mysterious and reality-affirming that it has stayed alive in our hearts, in our minds, for over 2,000 years. This is the light that we testify to, God coming into our midst. As Krista Tippett writes, taking on the eyes and ears and hands and feet, hunger and tears and laughter, and the flu, joy, pain, and gratitude, and our terrible, redemptive need for each other. And in Thomas Merton's words, into this world, this demented inn, in which there is absolutely no room for him at all, Christ comes uninvited. And we are no longer alone. God is with us. And that is the good news this day and every day. So let us give thanks. Let's rejoice always and pray without ceasing. And so on this third Sunday in Advent, we recognize a profound spiritual truth that we do not need to fear the dark. We will just light some candles, we will sing some songs, and we will rejoice, and we will wait, knowing that without a doubt, the sun will rise, and a new day will arrive. Amen.